0: Welcome to Trust Me, the podcast. We are your hosts, Beth Finkel and Kiana Salucci,
1: And we are here to share with you how we create magic in our everyday while balancing family, careers, and relationships.
0: All right, so we're getting in where we fit in. Good morning. This is, I think we're talking about something that for me, is very difficult, (laughs) which is the art of asking for help. And even as I say that, asking for help, my body like immediately gives me like this little tingle. Because I think in Western society, we are so over-focused on independence that somewhere along the line, Asking for help makes us feel inferior, if that's a yeah. good word for it. Incompetent. You know, all of these words, lack thereof. Don't have it all together. Crumbum. <laughs> like, what? It, crumbum. You know, like, I really struggle with asking for help. And so if you're coming to this episode to get any lessons from me, you're probably not going to get them. But what you'll get from from my dialogue is some really lived experience around it. So have you asked for help with anything lately?
1: Beth, like this, I'm in the same boat with you. I am getting better. I've had experiences within like the last few years where I stepped out of that bubble of doing everything by myself and for myself. And I think it was um, when I got to a point where, like, I realized I couldn't do it anymore. I was raised as a woman, you know, and taking pride in being independent and building it yourself and doing it yourself. And for a while it worked, right? For a while I could handle it. And then when it gets so big and the pressure feels so strong, And there's a million other things riding on your back and you realize, oh, my God, my hands are full. My back is full. My mind is full. I cannot possibly take on anything else. And we know one thing about life. Sometimes it goes, oh, you said it. Here you go. Here's one more thing to think about. Here's one more thing to handle. And we get to a point where we like, it's almost like it's funny because we get to a point where we're like, why can't no one is no one helping me? Yeah. And it's like, uh, because you never asked for help. You never put that out there. You, you know, when people offered you help, you may have easily said, no, I got it. Not even thinking just like, no, I'm okay. There's so many times where I've said I was okay when I wasn't.
0: Well, there's also the element of when people say like, you know, my mom was just in the hospital and so many people were like, what do you need? And can I bring food? Like, I actually don't believe them. And and that I know that they're being genuine, but yeah. I feel like sometimes when they say, like, let me know if you need anything. I don't really believe that they mean that, even though right. I think that they do.
1: Yeah. Because you know why? Like, have you ever and I'm just going to get real vulnerable. Have you ever said that, but never meant it?
0: I'm sure. Have you ever
1: said, like, oh, tell me if you need anything. Like really, because
0: it's kind of like, how are you doing? How's the weather? Tell me if you need anything.
1: It comes off so smooth. And I don't even think, and not that I wouldn't, but like the words, let me know if you need anything. That means like, I got you if you need anything. Do you feel that? Do you, are you internalizing that? Do you really mean what you say?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I did this just yesterday, like a colleague of mine is going out on vacation in a whole different department I don't even know what he does and I'm like well if you need anything let me know (laughs) it's like well I'm not gonna be able to do your job
1: right but like if you
0: need me to like carry a box to your desk or something (laughs) like that's kind of what I mean
1: (laughs) like be honest like what if someone said that what if you were like like let me know if you need anything and they were like actually I do actually i do can you actually pick my kids up from school and watch them for the night what would you say would you say no
0: i, I guess no i would have to say yes right i also don't know how to say no so that's a whole
1: other podcast. so i think on i think on the I, I think on the other end on the opposite end like how many times have you said that and did you really mean what you said
0: yeah And there's been times that I've said that and someone has asked me and it's like, you do have to follow through. Yeah. It almost catches you off,
1: but it almost catches you off guard, right? You're like, wait, you you do need something. I was just saying that. And you're like.
0: Something that I do, and this is kind of to hold myself accountable. But when I say, do you need, let me know if you need anything. I follow it up with, no, I'm like really telling you, let me know if you need anything because I want you to ask. I like follow it up with a second statement and it's, and I even sometimes say it's like, it's not just the type where I'm just saying it. Like, I really want you to ask me if you need anything. Yeah. Um, And that has helped me.
1: You know, what's helped me is when, when someone doesn't ask and they do. Uh,
0: Yeah. That's like the golden ticket.
1: That's like the golden ticket because sometimes. But that's so
0: few and far
1: between. So like, yeah. Because it hardly ever happens. But so when you're in that state of mind where maybe tragedy hits or you're overwhelmed or there's so much on your plate and you need help and someone can sense that you need help. A lot of times when you go in saying, hey, let me know what I can do in my brain, a lot of times it's like, oh, shit, it's easier to say, no, I got it than to think of something that you can do for me because my brain is so overwhelmed at that point that I can't even bear to think about asking you or thinking about what you should do for me. Does that make sense? So like, it's easier sometimes like, no, I'm fine. than to actually, because like, then to actually think about something that they could take off your plate or help with. And I think that a lot of time that is my thing is like, when I get to that point, I'm so overwhelmed. The last thing I want to think about is what you can do for me. Yeah. The first thing I want to think about is like something that's just taken off of the weight of my shoulders. So, like, if someone comes and says, hey, um, I know you guys are X, Y and Z, or I know this is happening. I'm going to take the kids from school and I'm going to take them to dance practice. To me. Great. Okay. because now you you've taken. You've already thought about it. Yeah. that I didn't have to think about. And all I get is an instant relief of like, oh, that's one less thing I have to do. Does I that think make sense? It also,
0: yeah, it creates. So when you allow someone to help you, even better if they do it forthcoming, they've seen yeah. you sort of in a vulnerable state, I'm assuming, because yeah. they're not just going to go out of their way unless they you've allowed them to see you somewhat vulnerable. I think it creates yeah. this immediate closeness Yeah, between you and that person it bonds you in a certain way
1: and I think usually they're the people that are really honest and real and like realistic like about helping you know the people that are really close to you that know you know even like sometimes you know Dan and I like he'll be like he like oh like what do I need to do like he'll be like oh I'm going to the gym but what can I do to help you and if I am like running around the house and I'm cleaning up and I'm doing this, I'm getting breakfast and I'm getting the kids ready and I'm doing this. Like sometimes I get annoyed because in my head, it's like, now I have to stop. Think about something you can do for me and then get back to all the tasks that I have at hand. But if you see me, you know, I'm always like, damn, like you see me in this state, like think about what I'm doing. Think about what, before you ask that question, think about what I'm looking at, look at me and see what I'm doing. What comes next? I'm getting the kids' clothes out. So, okay, they're going to school. Okay, I'm going to do... You're going to do breakfast. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to ask. I don't have to... That, for me, is an instant relief of one less thing that I have to do. Yeah. So, for all the guys that might be listening or the wives out there listening, you know, talk to your partner a lot of times when it's... It's hard to ask for help when it's stuff that you're actually in the middle of doing every day, you know? And And
0: asking for help is... Maybe not, or like giving help is maybe not someone's love language. Yeah. Where sometimes it could be, and maybe it comes easier to people. It like helping people for me isn't necessarily, you know, my love language. Yeah. And so it's not always the most natural thing yeah. to do, but I will say it feels so good when I am able to help someone. Yeah. Now, speaking about, like, your husband, <laughs> Dan, on his way out to do his kung fu fighting.
1: <laughs> his jujitsu.
0: <clears throat> um, Have you ever, like, not been able to ask for help at home where it's, like, the minute that they're gone, you do whatever you should really be asking for help with. You're like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm thinking about when I just hung a bunch of pictures at the house. Like I was tired of nagging to get these pictures up and I'm like, I'm going to do it myself because I'm, I refuse to ask for help again and it kills me, but I put the pictures up. They're freaking crooked as all can be <laughs> and he comes back in and he knows and I know that they're both crooked. But it's like this unspoken thing. Like, he's not going to say that they're crooked because he didn't help me. And I'm not going to ask him to fix them because I don't know how to ask for help. Yep. And I did it myself. Like, there's yep. no win-win there. We still have crooked pictures.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what's so funny? Like, is everything like, is still
0: leaning still leaning to the left on that really? row of pictures.
1: That's, no, it's so funny because so I remember when, it's is circa 2016, when the whole girl power movement was strong. Girl balls, hashtag girl balls, balls bitch. So I remember I was opening the studio, and if you guys don't know um, at the time I was opening a studio we already had a restaurant Roots Cafe in Westchester and a bar called Sprout Music Collective so Dan was pretty much tied up in that he was oh, so busy
0: Sprout. I've, I've Sprout? About Sprout.
1: so so he was so tied up in that and like so busy and doing his thing and like i was so happy to have something and not that Roots and Sprout wasn't you know mine but this like the Velvet was like my studio this was something i was doing and like I said, the 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 girl boss boss bitch was so strong then, <laughs> so strong. Like I cringe when I hear it now, but it was so strong. And me and my girl, if you guys don't know, Annie Mack at Velvet, that's my that's my girl. We are tied at the hip, but she was like my right hand man through the whole process, and. We went into velvet and we're like, we're going to hang shelves. We're going to drill through this, uh, this wall. We're going to hang these pictures. We were doing it by ourselves. We didn't need any man, (laughs) nothing. We didn't, we needed no testosterone in that room. We got it. So (laughs) we had a guy hanging up wallpaper. In the in the <laughs> salon, and me and Annie are literally taking a fucking drill and drilling it in the wall. <laughs> Mind you, it's like if you guys would have heard the sounds, right? We refuse to ask for help, even though the guy that was there was literally a general like, contractor. He was a contractor drilling into metal. <laughs> Listen, it was like a it was like a a firewall, right? You know, in Westchester, this old building's like a firewall, and I'm using like a regular drill bit. Have no idea that I needed like some kind of like specialized one that goes through freaking brick (laughs) and we are like like literally running through (laughs) the wall and the drill and the guy kept looking over like you guys are right and we're like literally we're like we got this push harder push harder like we're literally
0: probably afraid to like even look at you
1: he probably was so scared because we had the look of determination on our face while we're like literally breaking drill bits trying to get to this wall because we're using the wrong one to the point where he was like um can can I just stop you guys over there <laughs> he was like that's not the right drill bit that's not what you should be using we're like we thought so we thought that something was was odd with with, with this and you know we, we figured something was wrong like literally we still had like our pride on our shoulders like we still so got this we still we'll, didn't we'll go to ask for help we still don't, We did not ask for help. And then we got to the end and we're hanging up these, like we moved on from the wall because we were like, we can't do this. We start trying to hang <laughs> up color storage. And literally we got to like almost past halfway done and the whole wall collapsed on us. Like literally it was like a domino effect. It was like, and like, we were like, damn, um, we need help. So we did call. we called, we called Dan and he came down there and helped us. And I was like, and me and Andy were like, um, that's enough for the day. We, we had a, we had a long day. We'll get back at this tomorrow. You called Dan
0: and he came in and acted, acted busy.
1: He acted busy. He, he did. <laughs> he was just looking at us like, what did you guys do to the wall?
0: And we're like, like, it's fine, it's gonna get covered contract.
1: anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, the contract in the front. But the the moral of the story, like the contractor was literally, I think he was scared to even get involved because he could feel the boss bitch independent radiance coming off of us that we were not, no matter how much we were struggling, we were not gonna say, excuse me, Sarah, can you help us? Because like that was like a sign of weakness you, for us.
0: Yeah. You'd be like embarrassed. You'd be like, embarrassed that you thought you could do it and then you couldn't do it. Like, and that's okay. Like if you it's okay, try but- something and you can't do it, and then you need to ask for help, like that's kosher. But How, we don't my, even want to do that.
1: Beth, my toxic trait is to walk in Home Depot with my head held high, knowing that I need help. Already, knowing that I need help. I will walk through every aisle and Google every freaking article to try to use- <laughs> just just to not ask for help. Like it is, it's toxic. It is so toxic. Like if I go into a place and someone is at the door, like, Hey, do you need help? I'm like, no, I got it. I have no idea what aisle it's in. I have no, and it's, it's not, you're laughing because it's so real and it's not okay. It is not okay. Like if I It is so
0: real. And I just recently watched you, doing these mental gymnastics <laughs> is trying to help you set up your technology and that. he's telling you what to do and you're like doing the opposite looking at google and i'm like he's telling you what to do just
1: like let him help you it and then he so told you to hard. google it he told me to google it. he probably got frustrated <laughs> but it's so hard for me and i think it's because and i think we, we talked about this about traumas and how traumas don't necessarily have to be these crazy big life experiences that happen to you and there's big t's and little t's and I think this is part of the little t category but when you're almost it's almost instilled in you like Mm -hmm. do this by yourself don't wait on anyone to help you knock it out Sometimes not, there's not going to be help. Sometimes people are not going to be there, or sometimes people say they they're going to help you and they don't. Do this by yourself. Get her done. Don't wait for anybody. Do like you get that instilled in you, and all that is is trauma from being let down, well, or I'm someone actually, not being able to, there for you.
0: Yeah. Well, has that happened to you? Like I'm. thinking Oh my of gosh! A time
1: yeah, so many times where
0: it takes me a while to ask for help. And shout out to my friend, because she's going to hear this and be like, Oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't tell me this. But I asked my friend to help bring Nico home from um, practice. And I had like the three other kids by myself, Mike was traveling. And she said something like it took me a while To ask, like I was gonna try to figure it out, but she was already at the practice. She was coming home, and she was like, "Oh, I really can't fit him. I have like all the other kids' hockey bags in the car." And I like immediately was like deflated. Like I can't believe I asked. I'm never asking again. Like you know, you know. I just felt like so shitty because it took so much for me to ask for help. And to my friend who's listening. I love you, girl, and I know you will help me with whatever I need. But you get in your own head about things where you're like, "Shit, why did I just do that? Why did I just put myself out there to be rejected?" Yep. It's a rejection yeah. feeling.
1: Yeah, and it's hard. Like, I totally understand because there's been times where I've asked for help and there was no help, no one on the other line. You know, so like. You take that and you're like, you know what? I'm going to do this by myself. I'm going to do this for myself, and like, and it feels good at that second when you do accomplish something. You do it by yourself. Some it feels good. It feels yeah. like, oh my gosh, I, I did this. I did this. But a lot of times, it's like you know, having someone there to make it an easier an experience is even better. There's so many and we times I need.
0: We all need help. Like, as yeah. you think through your day, I really think that we lost that, that bit of our culture where, you know, a new neighbor moves in and they're fresh, you know, they're frazzled. They're, they're yeah. unpacking boxes. They don't have their kitchen unpacked and another neighbor brings them dinner. You know, I have done that for my new neighbors, but I'm like, are they even going to eat it? Because is that weird now to like just drop off like a, a pasta dish or whatever. I still do it, but I think it's probably people probably think it's weird.
1: They're probably gluten free, Beth. <laughs>
0: they probably are. They probably, probably are. Like, they probably
1: are. This, you're probably like, is this cheese
0: on this lasagna? Is, is there arsenic like- in here? <laughs> I see arsenic. how her kids. I see how her kids act.
1: They look like they eat red dye now. <laughs>
0: So spot on. Oh, that is God.
1: so spot on. <laughs> but no, I think it's just a, <laughs> even if it's just a simple fact that like you offered like <laughs> like to help them and you actually took action without anyone asking. You know, cuz it is yeah. it is hard yeah. to ask for help. It it really is. I remember when I was doing the transition and when I was moving to Maine, I I had so I was wearing so many hats and then COVID hit. It was like so much going on. But before that, I feel like I opened Velvet off the strength of, I knew there was something lacking in the industry. Um, and if you guys don't know, I'm Velvet is my salon that I have in Westchester on Gay Street um, in Pennsylvania. But I remember when I opened Velvet, it was simply the fact that like, there was something lacking in the industry, something lacking in the area that we lived in. And um, basically I seen an issue um, and I wanted to, resolve it with having a salon that every person can feel comfortable in and whatnot. So when I opened velvet, I was wearing so many different hats. You know, I was the owner. I was so owner you were juggling. I a was lot. the, I was juggling a lot. I was, you know, also an entrepreneur before I was a wife of an entrepreneur. I <clears throat> was a full-time stylist behind the, um, behind the chair and I was juggling so much. And it wasn't until I think it was like my second year in where my life started to shake and shift a little bit and I start living dual state mm-hmm. um, between Pennsylvania and Maine. And that's when I knew that I I felt that I couldn't possibly do everything. I didn't know how to say that, but I knew. And I there was one person, um, she was my manager at the time. Her name is Lindsay. I will... She's my girl. Um, I love her so much. But oh, yeah, I remember she her. she we we connect and I think we connect on a different level. And she could read energy. And she knew that I would never ask her to take on more responsibility or to do things because at that time in my life and I was like, you know, I mentally I'm I'm a lot stronger than I am now. Um mm-hmm. but at that time in my life, like asking for help was like the worst thing ever. Like I could not do it no matter what. And I was so used to juggling all these things and, and feeling like that I was like, you know, I was successful at juggling all these things. I could do it. I could do it all um, until my life shifted And it was like these, these balls that I'm handed now are way bigger, way heavier, and there's no way you can juggle all this. But she was the first person in a long time at that point that, made me feel like I could, at, or I didn't have to ask her. She basically came to me and was like, I want to do this for you. You don't have to worry about this, 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 and this. I want to do that for you. And it took me a while. And I was like, no, it's fine. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then I would like slowly ease into it. But I am so grateful for her because she knows my struggle of not being able to ask because she's worked with me for a very long time. And and she knew that I wasn't going to just come to her and say, hey, Lindsay, I can't do this. Can you do this? So she literally took the initiative and she would come to me and she would say stuff like, hey, Keith, just FYI, I went in and I did X, Y, and i I'm like, oh, okay. And then she will come to me and was like, oh, I also did X, Y, and Z and this and that and this and that. And she made me feel so comfortable because I think for me, someone that thinks that they can juggle it all and being so independent. A lot of times, like when someone comes to you and says, Hey, I'm taking over this. It feels like someone snatched something out of your hand.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and- I'll just add this to this dialogue, you know, cause you're talking about it in the workplace and that's something that I had to learn as a leader too. Yeah. And I also had to, get straight with myself that by letting them help you it's actually creating leadership opportunities for oh, them. Oh,
1: Beth, you couldn't have said it better. 100%. Yeah. Because 100%. if you hoard
0: if you hoard everything, that's not because you feel like it's your job you should be doing it. You're the head in charge. Yeah. I didn't know what to say there. Head head bitch in charge.
1: Head bitch in charge. <laughs>
0: boss she, bitch. she g-e-o right <laughs> g-e-l
1: <laughs> no, G-E-O. oh g-e-l i love that i love it i love it
0: but if you hoard all of that then you're actually doing your team a disservice because you don't allow them to explore potentially mess up learn through things and grow as leaders yeah.
1: themselves and even your business like you know you, you don't allow your business to grow because there's no way as an owner, you can work in and on your business at the same time because something will struggle, you know, yeah, won't get a hundred percent and it's going to be a struggle. So at that time, like, and it was the way she did it that was with ease for me. And I'm so forever grateful for her because she almost paved the way of delegating different things to other people and not feeling ashamed about it. She taught you a new skill. She taught me a new skill. And I kid you not, by her doing that and seeing that and understanding where where I was at and, like, you know, it's like becoming a first mom was, like, my firstborn. It's my firstborn. Like, you know, yes, I know I need sleep, but I need to hold my baby or I need to be there or I'm the only one that could do this. Like, that's... I. I felt that a hundred percent, like no one's going to take care of this the way that I take care of it. No one's fully a hundred percent invested in this, like the way I'm invested in this. And those were all the feelings. So the way that she kind of slid in to help me out and literally almost had me sit back and look at the bigger picture, I've run a more successful business by stepping away. You're
0: almost like, chipping away at the business and she, she was coming in patching up and, and strengthening. And creating systems
1: and, and doing it and making, and like, you know, eventually making my life so much easier to run a business from gosh, 500 miles away.
0: Yeah. And it's authentic. It's, it comes from an authentic place. Yeah. For Many of you, many of our listeners, um, some of our listeners maybe know that my mom's kind of going through some health issues um, and without kind of getting into the nitty gritty because she's super private, um, I had to kind of be her care person over this last week as she was in the hospital. And my mom is, a, you know, a retired nurse of 45 years, you know, very independent, like the definition of independent, and also struggles with asking for help. And, you know, being in the hospital, she needed a lot of help from me um, for her care. And just watching her, you know, have to ask me for help, and, and kind of making that transition, like what I call sort of this milestone in my adult life is like caring for my parent versus my parent caring for me, you know, that dignity is something you have to keep so intact because it was not easy for her. And it's probably still not easy for her to accept my help, but I will tell you the fact that it was me and You know, every day I came home from the hospital and like fell into bed tired and, you know, have been on the phone with my siblings and, you know, changing of the guards. while So she wasn't alone in the hospital. I am so much better for it, being able to provide that care for her and that help for her in her most time of need. I wouldn't want it to be anyone else. You know, it's like the nurses didn't even have to come into her room because we were there. You know, we were the ones taking her to the bathroom. We were the ones like getting her showered and we wouldn't have it any other way. And I know that that was really hard for her, but it has taught me so much about asking for help because on the other end, being the one to give it to her. I feel more connected to her than I have in like 15 years. And it's like, that's my mom, you know? And it's like, life gets busy, but like, I have, like, I miss her. She's back home. She's healthy. She's with, you know, her and my sister live together. And I miss her because I like hadn't been able to be that caregiver for her. And it was just such a beautiful experience while still so difficult. Yeah. At the same time.
1: And knowing that, you know, you were able, because she wouldn't have asked you for help. She wouldn't say, hey, Beth, can you get me in a shower? Hey, Beth, can you do this? So it, it brings together this closeness of, it's almost like an unspoken language. Yeah. You know? You know, like that feeling that you get when. <laughs> you're watching TV or doing whatever and your husband or, or a partner or friend comes over with like a glass of water and in your head, you've been wanting a glass of water, but you didn't even have a second to translate that out, to say it. And it's there, that feeling that you get that someone read your mind and not that, and I'm not saying that you should look around looking for people to read your mind because that's not going to happen, and you have to be able to communicate and express the things that you need if you, you know, in order to get them. But that feeling of that uh, that connection that you have with someone that yeah. they could literally hand you that thing that you needed before you even say it. It's a good feeling, and I bet she felt and that. And just
0: and just keying in on that feeling, we could have that so much more often if we could get it in ourselves to speak what we need yeah and i guess you know as we're kind of getting through this episode i I don't know like i don't know what advice i would give or what tactic i would share other than try try to be a little bit vulnerable when you're struggling and not automatically put on the armor of you know i got this Of course I have it all handled. Like, no, you don't. I don't have it all handled actually. Like if you, you know, my neighbor across the street actually is very helpful. And you know, she, if she's walking her kids to school, she'll walk my kids to school this week when my mom was in the hospital, you know, she would keep them to give Mike a little bit of a break because I was pretty much there the entire week. And it feels so good to kind of have that village and have someone see you when you're struggling.
1: Yeah. I, I've gotten so much better with the, and this is not even like asking, and I'm not talking about asking for help for, with strangers. Like even with my part with Dan, like it was like, it was hard for me, even though I knew like, girl, like, this is your guy. This is the person that, you know, you are the closest with. This is the person that would do anything for you. It was still hard for me to ask for help. And it wasn't like I was ashamed. Like, usually, you know, if I'm asking for help for something, it's something that we both need or something for the house or something, whatever, but, like, or for our kids or whatever. But, like, still, like, and a lot of times I would get frustrated because I wanted him... To read my mind, mm-hmm. or I wanted him to do the things before I even asked, and I You're talked about him that. Up.
0: You're setting Set him him up. I'm setting up, point. and
1: sometimes, like I said, when you have those connections, and you know he's bringing you a glass of water when you didn't ask. Yes, but I'm talking about on a deeper level of like, hey, why didn't you ask me if, I, or why didn't you just go and do this because you knew I needed it? It's that's not how it works. And sometimes like when he he offers, like, hey, and sometimes it's hard, like I said, when you're trying to, when you're in the midst of something, and if I have to think of something for you to do for me while I'm in the midst of it, now I'm taking time out to try to think of something for you. And that can get frustrating. But when he asks, I always say, I always try to say yes and try to think of something really quick. Rather, it's like, yes, can you just put the dishes away? And maybe dishes wasn't, maybe that wasn't even on my list of things to do right now. But sometimes it's, you know what I mean? It wasn't in the forefront at that second. But like, I tried (laughs) to, because then later I would get annoyed when I'm like, you didn't either, you didn't even ask me if I needed help, you know, or, or whatever. So like, sometimes I try to like, stop and just like, yeah, can you breathe, (laughs) (laughs) breathe, And then like, yeah, can you still do X, Y, and Z?
0: Well, I think it's even goes into saying, okay, what do I need right now? Like, what do I need? And it's, and maybe it's different every time, but if, unless you're asking yourself, you might not have the answer. It might not be there for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've asked for help with. In the last 24 hours, <laughs> there really isn't. <laughs> Which is probably why I've been falling over in bed, like exhausted yeah. at 8.15 every
1: night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or sometimes I know before I get like that, like we're traveling and I know that I got to pack my clothes. I got to pack the kids' clothes. Because I don't want, like Dan's like, oh, I can pack their clothes. And I'm like, I love you, honey. I really, really do. But you can't do that for me. <laughs> Yeah, can because yeah, that's clothes. your you thing. It's my thing, and I think differently than Dan does. Dan's like, oh, the shorts, yeah, put the shorts in the bag. Oh, shirt, yeah, that's a shirt, put it in the bag. And I'm like, no, like I, I, I think of like, okay, what can he, you know, it's like I can think of like what he needs with this outfit or what they need with this, and it's just like my thing. It, it goes better that way. But if I say, okay, I'll do the, cl- I'll do the clothes and get the kids stuff packed, but could you? do everything we need for the car. Do we need to clean out the car, get the gas, do X, Y, and Z do that. So now I don't have to think about anything that has to do with the car. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: Yeah. It's so organized. sometimes
1: it's organized. So sometimes I'm like, Hey, like I'll do this. You go think about that. Cause I might not be in the mindset to think about everything the car needs or whatever, but like you go handle everything we'll need for that. And I'll do this. And then once I'm doing this, you can pack the car. That way everything fits perfectly. I mean, that's
0: such a great piece of advice for your household and just kind of reevaluating. It sounds like even besides like what you're actually doing, it's like
1: communication is pretty clear.
0: And And, then I think by,
1: yeah, and I think by doing that, you almost like, in a lack of better words, but train them, train them Mm -hmm. to think like, Mm -hmm. So now every time that you are going on a trip, you're going on vacation, you're doing this, they know their responsibility. And then, you know, those glimmers of, I'm going to clean up the car and do everything with the car without you even asking because I know that's my job.
0: That is bomb.com.
1: Right? So then, and then you start to create that almost like what I was talking about earlier, like, you know, that help that's given that you didn't have to ask for. Yeah. But it's because you create this thing. So if your partner or whoever is asking, how can I help you? And usually what you're saying is the same things all the time. Then eventually, I mean, hopefully they'll get to the point where it's like, <laughs> it starts oh, okay. To it starts to happen without you asking. And then that's the true help that you need, right? Yeah. That's the true, yeah. like, that's the true help. that That's what really matters is I don't have to think about it and you took care of it already.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can think about something like that that happened last night, you know, getting home from hmm. – and that's hard for me. Like, I feel like if if I could – it could be back and forth, I would have no issues with it. Right. But I feel like if I'm asking for help, then I, then I feel needy. And I don't like to feel needy.
1: Well, I guess you uh, – that's because of past traumas or – something that was instilled in you that like, you know, you'll feel like if you ask for help, you, you're needy. You, you know, you need something. It's like, no, like what happened? The saying, it takes a village. Life was a lot simpler then because everyone, you delegated things.
0: Like when you think about when we were kids, one parent always did a drop off. One parent always did a pickup. Mm-hmm. Parents didn't necessarily stay for practices. You're all, you know the other parents. So they helped each other out. I cannot tell you anybody that does carpooling, like yeah. anybody. Yeah. So it's like I literally hire a babysitter to get my other kids to and from where they need to go and my to and from where they need to go over. Like I literally pay money for a babysitter before I will ask someone to pick up my kid and drop them off.
1: Yeah. It's, so it's now you're way. hitting
0: my wallet and that should yeah. matter.
1: Right. That but should matter. I,
0: but I struggle still. Yeah.
1: I struggle too. For help. Yeah. Especially when it comes to your children. I feel like there's this unspoken words that, that your kids are your responsibility. Yeah. And everything they need is your responsibility for you to provide that for them. You know? So if, you know, your kids are in sports and you, you know, and that's what, you know, you you chose for them, or they chose for themselves. Like you're responsible for that, so you need to make yep. sure they can get there and get back home. You make sure they can get dinner. Like, like that's like when I remember when I was younger. Like, like we had like my family. We grew up really close, and like what my mom or my parents couldn't do, my aunts and uncles stepped right in. Yeah, you know, and, and it was just, mom just like a thing.
0: Yeah. your mom. Yeah. Asked.
1: Asked. Yeah, 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 and it was just unspoken thing. But like in today's society. It's just so different. And I think that we've mm-hmm. taken this independence crown because, you know, of times where there weren't people that could do things for you, you know? So we took on this whole crown of like, you can do it by yourself and you need to do it by yourself. And it works for a while, but it only gets you so far. And yeah. I feel like the the when the when as you climb up this invisible ladder of whatever that looks like for you, and this is my analogy, analogy that I use, to, you know, getting higher up in life is like, you know, a lot of the things, the pressures and the, the, the weight gets heavier. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times we feel like we're on this like one man team Mm -hmm. that like, I need to do it. If I can't do it, then it doesn't need to get done Mm -hmm. or it's not, you know, it's not as important or, or, you know, I'm the only one that can do this. And we we were, I think we're forced to think that way,
0: you know, and it's,
1: it's I not, a, it's not a good thing though. Cause it's,
0: it's not because I'm also thinking all of that mental load that that takes to even just go into the decision-making, like if you're gonna even ask for help, if you don't ask help, what's plan B, what if plan B works out, you know, if you can't do it, then you have the guilt because you can't do it it's like mental gymnastics that are that's just unnecessary i think we need to check our assumptions about people thinking we're gonna feel people thinking we're needy or less than like we need to check those assumptions at the door and really just decide to ask for help you know i'm thinking about for me like i literally can't get three kids to three different places at the same time of the evening, it's logistically impossible. Yeah. So I need to be decisive. I need to ask for help and I need to be clear in, in what I need. Like I need them to be dropped off, you know, and I need you to check in with me that they're there and then I'll be there at five 30 and I will pick them up. That's yeah. super helpful.
1: And if you guys are, are listening, like m- this might be a good time to reevaluate your circle. Yeah. Who's sitting at your That's table. That's a good point. That's You know, like who's sitting at your table, because sometimes we might not know who's sitting at our table until it's that time that we need help. And if you're looking around and you cannot count on anyone that's at your table, then you have to reevaluate your circle. You want to be around people that can help you. You In want to some create way.
0: cultures yes. that where asking for help is actually encouraged and not the last ditch effort offer. Yeah.
1: And, and, and look at it. And even if it's something that you're struggling with, because this is something that if you guys, um, you know, you guys know by now that Beth and I both struggle with. And when you're raising children, we talked about this, that. It's just a mirror image. And if they see you tackling on the craziness of the day and not feeling like, you know, juggling all these things, and not feeling like you have someone to, to lean on or someone to ask, you know, for help when you need it. You know, your kids will model that same thing and you don't want them to go through the years Thinking, I have to do this all by myself. I'm in this only by myself. I can't ask for help. Because we all know, we don't want to repeat these same traumas. You don't want to raise children thinking that, you know, they can't ask for help and there's no one there for them. And them going through some of the struggles of, you know, their adolescent years or their teenage years and things like that, you know, which are, you know, turning points for for people. So you don't want them to ever go through those hard times thinking that, like, no one's there to help them. Actually,
0: one of the first things we do, you know, when they're little and they're not really having their words yet, and they kind of are like whining and crying to get something. One of the first things we say to our kids is, let us help you. What do you need? Use your words. What do you need? Slow down. So why don't we also apply that same tactic on ourselves? Yeah. Like, slow down. What is it that you need? need? Use your words. What would be helpful? Use
1: yeah. your words. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying use your words because, like, I struggle with that of needing help, needing things, but not knowing how to use my words. But then I use my body language, and having having learned <laughs> to have an attitude, like literally, yes. st- like stop around the house, you know, sucking my teeth, like forcefully putting glasses down, and things like that, be- just because I needed help that I never. Ask for. (laughs) Because
0: you didn't use your words.
1: Because I didn't use my words. So use your words. Do you need help? Oh my
0: God. Full circle. Wow. The the teacher becomes the student. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. (laughs) And start small, right? And just know if someone's not able to help you, it's not really about you. They just can't do it. So, you know, I know that we struggle because we're like, what if they say no? And it's like a big whole thing. But just put yourself out there. I think in your circle of people that are around you, um, and try to build that community that we're talking about right here.
1: And stop asking the people for help that you know that's never going to help you because you're going to be constantly yeah. being disappointed. So, like I said, if if you are struggling with that, and reevaluate your circle, look at your people that are sitting at your table, and if those people aren't the people that you can lean on when you need something, then then it's time to you know. Create some. Believe them. Yeah. Believe them. Believe them the first time. And and stop going to them asking for help. If you know that every time you do, it's not going to happen. And I
0: even think following up with, you know, when someone does help you, whether you asked or they just did it organically. Following up with that gratitude to sort of close the loop there to say, Okay, you know, you really did help me out. Like I was able to spend time with a teacher that I haven't gotten to see in a while, or is able to do a certain thing because you helped me. Like kind of closing the gap with that person, I think builds that bond too.
1: We're work in progress and this is something that we struggle with and we continue to struggle. And I try to a lot of the things that I struggle with, I remember Um, a few months ago, um, I think it was like in the beginning of the year, I just wrote down things that I do struggle with, wrote them down that way they are just there. I got them out of my brain, put them on paper and they're there. And one of the things that was on there was asking for help, um, and, and starting that community of people because I don't really have that strong community now like I did before, um, And help has always been a struggle for me. So I'm going to continue to work on this for myself. And try. And try. Um, And go out
0: of your way to reciprocate that. Like I'm thinking, okay, what can I do this weekend to help someone without them asking? Like I'm going to try to at least do a handful of these things authentically.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it does feel good.
1: It does feel good. And it's it feels good to have someone or have a group of people that you know you can count on, even if you don't yeah. need them and you don't need them at that second, just to know that like, oh, I have this cushion that mm-hmm. on in times where I possibly could trip and fall or whatever, like this cushion would be there I have these in yeah. this group of people, so that that's just a feel good. That is a um, feel good. That I think everyone deserves is to have a little bit of something or, or someone there. So
0: And it's when you see a community like that, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. When you yeah. see women helping women, it is the most beautiful, sweet thing to see.
1: Yeah. And I for for me it just makes me feel good too. Like if I know that if I need it, I have a group of people that will be here at the drop of a dime. Yeah, just that reassurance. Awesome.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we are moving our way right into June. Yes. Um, and we have so loved having these discussions together. If there's anything that's on your mind that our discussion has, you know, brought up for you, message us on Trust Me underscore the underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, yes. Let us know how you're liking the podcast and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're liking what you hear, give us that five star. Boop, boop. Boop, boop,
1: boop, boop, boop. That <laughs> five. Boop, 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 boop. That was five.
0: Oh, yes. Don't be giving us a four.
1: No, don't give us a four. We need a Keep five. You four. Keep, Keep your four. Keep your four. Bye-bye.